I just felt this morning was, uh, you know, sometimes as a leader, when you, you always try, it's always nice to be able to have a real understanding of exactly where you want to go. It makes life a lot easier. But then there's some mornings when God goes, I ain't going to tell you exactly where I'm going to go. Partly because, obviously, he likes to keep us guessing. But partly because he wants to see whether your heart will flow where he wants to go. Because as a leader, you're always being tested in many ways as to whether or not you're still trustworthy to lead God's people. So this morning, I don't know exactly how it's going to go. Um, but you're going to, there's a couple of things that God wants me to speak about. But, um, so, you, so you, some of you guys, we're going to do a bit of Unleash this morning. That's why I think, I might as well just keep you in, because we're going to do a bit of Unleash anyway. Uh, Unleash, for some of you who don't know, is um, the youth manual that Pastor Tony wrote, and that we spent about two years, was it James? About two years doing and we've finished that. We're now into something new. But it's like, who's ever been told Jesus loves you? Yeah. Have you heard it more than once? Yeah. Is it good to hear it more than once? Yeah. Exactly. So therefore, you might have heard this stuff before, but that's okay because it's good to hear it more than once. <laughs> All right? But I want, if you will, before we get on to that, I really want to speak this morning about the being able to capture the language of the Spirit. And looking at where we are right now, what we're doing, what's, what's happening right now, and I want to speak about the language of tongues. Now, it's something that we spoke about before. I don't know how far I'm going to get into it because I've got something that God's given me to tell you before that. So we'll see, we'll see how far we get, all right? So if, if you would, please turn your Bibles to Mark 4. This is... Um, actually, where's my watch? See, to know what time I started, to know what time I finish. And, oh, I tell you what, it's thirsty work living with you. Okay. Okay, we're going to go, there's different parts of Mark 4, so you might as well keep the whole chapter there, because um, all three scriptures that I've got come from the same part of Mark 4. Uh, we're going to start with, let's change it around. So Mark 4, verse 21 to 25. Okay, I'll just give you a second to get there. I haven't really got a title this morning. I, put, I like to put a couple of bits on. And so if you, it doesn't really matter if you write down or not, but it's the, I put the, the significance of a spiritual language. But I put the inner working of the Spirit is the outworking of his revelation. So the inner work, without the inner working of the Spirit, there can be no outworking of his revelation. And I believe, if we look in Mark 4, he said to them, uh, verse 21, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. So we'll pause there for a moment. I believe since January we've been talking about 
a New Year's revelation. We've been talking about gaining revelation. And I really believe that in this season that we are in, I mean, God is always wanting to reveal more of himself. But I feel specifically there needs and there is an emphasis on there needing to be an increased sense of revelation for us at the Dream Center because of where God is taking us. And, that, and it's not just a corporate revelation, it's the individual revelation as well. We all need a New Year's revelation. We all need a revelation. And the word it says, that which is, whatever is concealed, is meant to be brought out into the open. And, and we are in a season, I believe, where God is wanting to reveal more and more to us as he desires to hold nothing back. I believe right now that we are in a moment where God is not wanting to hold anything back. Nothing at all. But it's only, it's, and it says things that were concealed. I believe God keeps things hidden as he, as he did with Jesus. He kept things hidden for a time and then at the appropriate time he revealed it. And I believe we're in a season where there is a revelation that, is, that it is the time to be revealed to us. There is a revelation in your life that there is a time in that God is saying, now is the time I want to reveal it to you. And that's brilliant and that's great. Because that's God's intention. But that's only half of it. And we look at the next part. So it says, if anyone has, he- has ears, I always get that mixed up. <laughs> anyone has ears to hear, not ears to ear, let them hear. And it says, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully. Everything that you are hearing in the, over the last few months, everything that you're hearing week to week, everything that you are reading day to day. Because it says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And this hit me like a ton of bricks when I was reading it in Mark the other day because there is, it's okay that, that God wants to reveal these things to us. That's all well and good. But if we do not have the ability or the capacity to keep our spirits activated and online to hear that which God is saying, then the revelation will pass you by. The revelation will pass you by. And I want to, if you go above, just further back a little bit, into a very famous, well-known scripture in the parable of the sower, I just want to read the second part, which is Mark 4, verse 13 to 20. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? Because there is, there is revelation... And then there is revelation about the revelation. Does that make sense? We receive the word, but it's having the revelation to know what the word is is saying, is really meaning at that deeper level. And so he says, don't you understand? How then can you understand any parable? Well, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. 
As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. The word that was sown into them. Others like the sown, the seed sown on rocky places. Hear the word at once, but receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times that which was sown. So we look at this and we look at all the different seed that were scattered. There was only one that produced a crop. Which makes, it, which makes me say that it's actually quite, it's not as easy as just sitting there and listening to receive the revelation of God. There was only one that was able to receive it. And then there was a process. Because what does it say? It says they heard the word. They accepted it, pause, and then there was a crop. But from the moment of accepting the word to producing a crop, there's a process. There's a process. But we look at all of the rest here. And we go back to the other scripture that says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has shall be given and even more. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. It's kind of like this. God doesn't stand still. But in, in, in essence, neither do we. Because if you're not going forwards, you're actually going backwards. You see, as Christians, sometimes we get to a, a particular place And we go, I'm comfortable in church, I'm comfortable in the role I'm in, I'm comfortable doing whatever I'm doing, I'm comfortable in my life, and that's okay. So we stop pursuing the word, or we stop accepting the word in the depths of our hearts, we we therefore become unaware of fresh revelation. Because we stop pursuing. But then this is what happens. How many people that said they heard the word, but as soon as they heard it, Satan comes and takes it away. Some they heard it, But then all of the other stuff gets in the way. Now here's what happens. Is if I'm pursuing God, I hear it and then I accept it. And the acceptance is that I need this word. I might not understand the word, but I know I need the word. That's an acceptance that there needs to be something done with the word in order to make it become fruitful in my life. But if we don't have that, what happens is this. First of all, the seed gets lost. It gets taken away by the things, but the new word never actually hits our spirit. We never get to the place of actually ever accepting the revelation of God in our lives. Because actually, it never stays long enough without it being stolen. Yeah? But then, the consequence of that is that then we open our hearts, and Phil said it last week, there must be no room found for the enemy of our soul, yeah? There must be no room found for him. Once you make room, In this way, he then begins to attack what you already have. Because then what happens is suddenly you go from being a Christian who's to pursue the fresh revelation of God to then becoming a Christian who actually 
starts to question what they already perceive as revelation from God. So then the things that you then think, well, I'm all right where I am, you then begin to take those things and begin to question them. So then what kind of faith, what kind of walk do we have? An unfruitful one. One that is not going, standing still, but actually one that is going backwards. And you see so many people turn away from the things of God because they stop pursuing fresh revelation. And when fresh revelation comes, do they actually know it's revelation? Because I think we'll agree, we've had a few up and down mornings sometimes in worship over the last few months. I think we've had a, little, a few kind of weird mornings, haven't we? But here's the thing, what I feel God is doing, is that with fresh revelation comes a responsibility and he's not looking at your ability to attend church, he's looking at the ability of what you're doing here but also outside of here. He's looking at that, what is the walk like? What is the actual content of your heart? Is it fertile to receive that which I'm about to say? Because if it isn't, then we can be in this room and hear the revelation that will transform your life, but it will pass you by. Because what does God say? He says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. If we cannot use that which we have been given, why? What capacity have we got to receive more? So what I believe the danger is, is this, is, is this year, is that we can spend all year praying and speaking and, and, and declaring for a fresh revelation of, the, of Christ, and you can, but you can go the whole year and, get, and you think you haven't got any. But the reality is, all year God's been speaking this fresh revelation, but your spirit has not been in tune with his spirit, so you haven't been able to receive it. And that's a dangerous place that none of us want to be. That's a place that we want to move together. To, I, want, I don't want to see. I'm not going to put sides because then you'll start looking at me going. If the church is like that, I don't want this portion of the church to be pressing on. But then this portion of the church are standing still, which means they're going backwards. Because we have a divided house. We don't want a divided house. We want a house that stands together for the purpose and glory of God. And that Christ received to all of us. And if we look here at Mark 4, 33 to 34. It says, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. And when we are here, you know, many times, I like to believe, and I know we're a house that isn't short of a word or two. We're not a house where we've, we've heard scriptures coming this morning. There is always a word in the house. The question is not, is the word in the house? The question is, are we able to receive it? And often, you know, many times, and the youth will be able to, 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 you guys will be able to tell the guys how many times I use analogies and stories and different stuff. You know, who remembers the one about the car? It's like you can load your car up with everything, all your suitcases, all the back. You look like you're going somewhere, but if there's no engine in the car, you ain't going nowhere. You can have that one for free. That's all right. That's it. 
But these, and, and the way we use analogies and the way we use these kind of things are the way that Jesus used parables. He uses them in order to make it easy for us to hear, in order for it's palatable to our ears. Because some of the truths about God, they're not particularly easy to hear. But Christ always wants to make it plain for us to understand. But with every revelation, there is a deeper sense of revelation that will cause a deeper fruit to come in our lives. But he says, it was when, it was only when, he was alone with his own disciples. It was, there is a company of people which Christ calls his own. There were many who followed Jesus there were many who walked around and they were amazed by the miracles he did. They, were, they loved the kind of the sound that he brought. They loved the kind of stories and parables that he told. But there was another company of people who said, I'm going to pursue you so that when we are in a place where we are alone, you can give me the deeper meaning of everything. Because I desire that deeper meaning. I don't just want to hear it and go, that sounds nice. That's good but I want to know what that really means for my life. I want to know what does that mean for the kingdom of God. I want to know how do I hear that? How do I receive that? That is the company of people that God wants to explain everything to. But I believe that Pastor Tony spoke about it last year in the Agents of Change. He said that God is coming to measure the worshippers. And I really believe that God is getting tough with us. If you want just nice parables that make you feel okay, then that's all you'll ever get. But you'll never have a, a crop that will bear fruit in the way the Father intended it to. There is a deeper level, but that requires a process. A process that we have to be willing to go into, into the Spirit. And there is a life in the Spirit that God, I really believe that as the days go on, if we as a corporate body come in in the morning, then God cannot release his revelation. Why? Because your ears are not attentive to hear that which is being said. And this is not having a go at us. This is, I really felt in my spirit this morning, I'm preaching simply out of the heart that God gave me. I really didn't, I have no idea what to preach when I was going to say, God, I just feel empty. There's lots of stuff around, but none of that is right. So what is it? And this is the heart as I was praying that he began to put on my heart. That, that we have to be aware that this revelation isn't just going to fall on your doorstep because we're asking for it in the church. It's something that we mentioned this morning. You've got to dig your own well. You've got to be willing to dig it. If you dig it, then you'll find the true treasure underneath. You'll find the water. But you'll, when you know how to dig it, you also know, I, 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 I had a part in that. I did that. And God can know he can trust you because you're willing to go the distance with him. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think what I want to do this morning is I want to speak about the foundations for developing the language of speaking in tongues. Because I believe that this is something that has been spoken before. But I believe it is absolutely crucial to the walk that each of us must have in him. In this time. Because I believe tongues is the gateway into the realm of the spirit.
if for many of the things that we, we need to do. And I want to I want to I want to speak about this morning. So you might go, yeah, well, I already speak in tongues. Okay, that's fine. You might speak in tongues. That's no problem. That's good. That's a good start. But do you know the full power of what speaking in tongues is? And another question is, do you use it? We have to see the significance of why we use the language of tongues in order that we know how this interacts with that which God is saying and trying to say to us right now in the time that we're in. Because we meet, because the one thing about God is this, is whenever God sets us up with a challenge, he always gives us the provision to meet that challenge. Whenever God wants to reveal more, he always gives us the grace to go in and, and do it. He never asks more than we can, than we can achieve. Why? Because God knows what we can and can't. But God also will not give us revelation that is unfathomable. Why would he do that? God wants us to know his plans. He wants us to know his ways. He wants us to be able to be aligned with him so that heaven and earth can meet, we can be undone, and we can walk out the door as agents of change. As a house where it's not just about me anymore, that this life can flow into me and out of me. The streams of living water. That's what we want. Amen? So are you going to come with me this morning? All right. Okay. So... Pastor Tony always uses the analogy, uh, I remember him listening, as who's ever seen a central heating system? Who's got central heating in the house? Yeah? Pretty cold without it, wouldn't it? Yeah? I mean, Em and I have got um, central heating, uh, we've got central heating, but we've got, um, well, we did have until it broke, but we've got this little electric heater which if we were trying to be cheap, we wouldn't put central heating on, we'd just put this little heater on the living room. But it took, a, took forever to heat up and took three seconds to go back cold again. But all the time, it's costing me an absolute fortune in, in electricity because these things are not meant to fill a whole house. They're meant to fill, you know, they're, they're meant to like, can I keep your knees warm while you sit at your desk or something like that. But a central heating system has a pilot light. And the pilot light, if it is not ignited... The pilot light cannot heat, do what it does with the boiler without getting technical. If it doesn't ignite, you don't get warm. Does that make sense? All right, that's good. And spiritually, we need to be a people where our pilot light, which is the Holy Spirit inside of us, is always a light, is always ignited. If we don't have that spirit life, that ignited Life, then what do you have? You only have your mind. You only have your knowledge. You only have your wisdom. You only have your thoughts and opinions. It is the spirit that gives us the truth from heaven. Amen? So if that's not ignited, how are you going to receive anything new from heaven? If, you, if, the, if, if new revelation and fresh revelation is in you, then we don't need the Holy Spirit, do we? If I can think up brand new revelation for myself, I don't need, I don't need any, any other help, do I? But the reality is, is we don't. We need heaven's revelation. We need that which heaven is pouring out. And in order to do that, we need to have, not just be people who sit in church, but, we, but even as sat in church, if your, if your pilot light is not ignited, you will not catch that which is coming from heaven. And we'll just sit here, hear lots of nice things, oh, they're talking again. Because we do. We do talk a lot. It's got ministering the word. But if our hearts are not alive to receive it, then it's like we, have, we are hearers, but we are never perceivers. 
and you know we hear Jesus talk about that to the Philistines, to Philistines, to the, the um, Pharisees, and to all and to all of the the Jews at the time. You, you hear us, but you never perceive us. But we can easily become those people. So, if you turn with me, you know again I'll, I'll get through as much as I can. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to, 1 to 11, talking about the spiritual gifts. You know, it's been great because as soon as you know, and God said, are you going to speak about tongues this week? I'm like, oh, okay. I have to then ask myself the question, well, am I doing it right? <laughs> but it's been, it, was, it was great. I'll talk about last night, but last night was, was an awesome night for me. Um, which may have spilled over to my excitement this morning. Don't know if you noticed, but it, it did a little bit. Um, so it says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you, you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God who works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To, to, to one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one, just as he determines. So, we know that tongues is one of the spiritual gifts, amongst others. But gifts are meant to enlighten us, not to make us ignorant. God does not give us, it's a gift. It's not something that God says, oh, if you want it. It's a gift that we're all meant to receive. We're all meant to receive this gift. And the gift, it, what is it? Is, is, is it a gift that you just, is it like, you know, one of those, you know, with all those Christmas presents where it's all very well intentioned, but it's just going to sit in a cupboard? Or maybe it's just a gift that is never meant to be used. It's just meant to sit on your mantelpiece. Although there's, there's some gifts that don't enlighten us. They're just, they're just nice. But this gift is so that none of us will be ignorant. The spirit of tongues comes so that none of us can be, will be ignorant in the ways of God. Amen? These, there is one spirit but nine gifts and each has a different assignment. Tongues has a specific assignment. It's not just, you know, it's not like, okay, I need, I need healing. Okay, I'm going to start speaking in tongues now. It doesn't, it's not that. We, come out, we, we say in the name of Jesus, be healed, don't we? It's, I'm not saying tongues doesn't have a part in that, but I'm saying that that's not its primary assignment. The primary assignment of tongues, we'll, we'll go into that. Gifts need a vehicle to carry them in order for them to be effective. You are the vehicle. Tongues is the gift, but we are the vehicle. If you don't like it, then you won't use it. If you don't understand it, then you won't use it. Or you will use it in the wrong way. And you'll think, it doesn't have any effect on my life. Doesn't really work. It's just a bunch of words I don't understand. But tongues is not meant to be like that. 
You see, gifts need a willing, not just, no, they don't just need a vessel, but they need a willing and open vessel so they can flow in any direction. We are not the keeper of tongues. As we speak it, it's the spirit that ignites our pilot light that then begins to flow through us and out of us. Our job is to follow it. Our job is to seek it. And to, its job is not to, we are not the keeper of it. It comes to us. Why? Because it's a gift. It's a gift that comes from him to us, that flows through us. Heaven speaks, and when it does, it is by the Holy Spirit throwing through an open person. And what is tongues? It's a language. And this is kind of one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of hone on this morning, is that tongues is a language. And what the language does is it, it causes, well, I'll show you. In Acts chapter 2, the most famous kind of, and there we go. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were, now they were staying in Jerusalem. Um, now, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How then, then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? And it speaks about this and that and the other. But what were they doing? They were hearing the declaring of the wonders of God. The first fruit or outworking when the Holy Spirit was gifted on the day of Pentecost was that they spoke in tongues. To me, that shows a great significance of how God judges and views tongues. The importance of tongues. The very first thing that the apostles received when they heard the Holy Spirit was the ability to take on this heavenly language. Which others could hear. All these different nations were able to understand that was what they were saying. But what were they all doing? They were all praising and speaking the wonders of God. Tongues is a way that ignites us as a lang- into a language that without the Holy Spirit we couldn't have. But it enables us to begin to speak and communicate with our Father in a way that our human mind cannot conceive. It, al- it allows us to become one with the Holy Spirit. But it's a language. So how is a language? I wanna, I really, this, is, this is the process. When we talk about revelation... In order to gain, to gain revelation, revelation, I believe, of, deep, of, of, of a deep outworking is from the place of intimacy with the Lord. When you have intimacy, that is when the deep things are revealed. Okay, so let's look at tongues and let's see why this is a powerful tool to help us to understand the things that God wants to say to us. So when we speak, when we speak, our words create an atmosphere whether we like it or not, don't they? If I'm annoyed, then words will speak a negative atmosphere or a, or a tense atmosphere. You know, I always love looking at the language. I always look kind of like at French and, 
and kind of like, you know, whenever I hear French, he could be asking me for a loaf of bread, but he sounds like he's kind of hitting on me. It's like, hello, monsieur. Je voudrais, maintenant. It's all very much. I got, I got, I got my French colleague. <laughs> I just think, the guy, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it, it's that kind of language of love, isn't it? It's that kind of, you know, it's all that. Whereas every time, maybe I've watched too many James Bond movies, but whenever I hear a Russian speak, I think he wants to kill me, even if he's just asking me for a loaf of bread. That's <laughs> French, isn't it? Oh, I can't do it. I'll forget now. I'll stop it. Yeah, it's language French, isn't it? Mr. Bond. You know, it's, it's very much kind of that aggressive, kind of grumpy kind of, kind of thing, isn't it? You know, I was, I was in the hairdressers yesterday, and um, a Polish guy came in. And also that Eastern, whole Eastern European thing, you know, I just thought, if I look at him wrong, he's going to kill me. Just because when he speaks, even when he's saying hello to the hairdresser, it's like he wants to have a fight with him. But because the, the language, the sound of it creates an atmosphere. And it's individual. You know, that's why when people... I always love it when you see people mimic other, other cultures' accents. Because it, it does... It's like a Geordie. If you ever hear a Geordie, he could tell me off, but I'd still think he was happy. It creates an atmosphere. You know? And so... So we must be aware that the language of tongues in our prayer time with the Lord, and when we come into an environment of a corporate nature, it brings with it an atmosphere. But tongues, but how, how many of you know that in our language, in, 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 in the English language, we, create, we, can, we can say words in very different ways. I can say to, to Jacob, come here! Or I can say, oh, come here. One, same words, different language. Tongues is no different. The leading of the Holy Spirit allows us to see the kind of atmosphere that God wants us to create. So when we look at tongues, we create, we have words. Who remembers the first word that we, when you spoke in tongues? I remember my first word. I said it like a parrot for like three months. Budaku, budaku, budaku. It sounded like a budgie. It was, just, it, was just, it was just strange. But I got more in the end because we go from words to sentences. From sentences, we create a language. When we have language, I was talking to um, Laura before, and she was talking about how she's going from her like reception age class to like a year four class. And you can engage and have communication differently with a year four class than you can with a reception class. Why? Because they've learned more language. And they've learned the art of communication better. They know how to express themselves more. They know what how to tell you what they think and they feel more. And it's no different with the language of tongues. If we want to know the, the, the deep things of our God, we have to be able to communicate. But many of us have this barrier of communication with our God, where we think our English maybe doesn't do it justice, or it doesn't quite convey that which we want to say, or we can't reveal our heart more. It becomes very frustrating. But the language of tongues is a gift given to us to allow us to communicate and create an atmosphere with our God. And out of that atmosphere, there comes a relationship. You know, if I want, if I want, I'm going to be quite careful how I say this, but if I'm going to be intimate with my wife, I wasn't that intimate on the first date as I am now. 
If you decide to go and have the that kind of stuff, on the first date, that's called lust. That ain't intimacy. But as you get to know someone, as you, there, there is an atmosphere that, cre- that is created. Oh, look at her. She's beautiful. There's an atmosphere that's created as you look at each other, as you talk, and you're hearing their words, and they're hearing your, and you're communicating, and then there's an atmosphere that's created. And out of that atmosphere becomes a relationship. That's how friendships are formed. That's how enemies are formed. That's how, <laughs> that's how, that's how deep, and out of that relationship comes the place of intimacy. And church, if we do not have the place of intimacy with the Father, then we cannot know the deep things that Jesus said when the disciples came and they was alone with them, he explained everything. They were able to, he was able to then show them that which they hadn't yet perceived. Because there were many times that the disciples came to him and said, what does it mean? Now he did say, you could hear the frustration in his voice sometimes going, well, you still don't get it. But his compassion, and because of their relationship, and because he knew their heart towards them, he explained. And he explained more than what the word tells us. And what was the fruit? That these were the men and women that were able to take the church forward, to advance the work of the kingdom. There is a fruit that came out of the revelation that Christ gave them. We must be the same. And tongues helps us in that. Now, one of the things that I think I'm going to go back to now, I'm going to go to Psalm 29. Now, this is something that maybe two or three years ago, we spent quite a bit of time looking at this psalm. I love this psalm. It's one of my favorite psalms because... You see, so as we've heard, when the Spirit gives you his vocabulary, it gives you words. Words begin to form sentences. Sentences then form a language. Language then is known to communicate, and that establishes an atmosphere. Then the atmosphere is conductive to building and establishing relationship. Then we can go to intimacy. But we must be able to discover the sound of our own voice in our prayer and we must never allow tongues. What happens, I, I feel, with most people is we just use it for a minute and then it just drebs and drabs. It just falls away. It's something we go, and we start like that and then, and it goes. Because that's how most Christians use that. that it, it's used as a tool to kind of have a quick igni- ignition, but then it just quickly fades. Or it's something that is able, who's ever, have you ever, um, I've got a gas cooker, who's got a gas cooker? Right, my gas cooker is a little bit old, right? So I have to press the gas, press the thing in, turn it to the heat, and then I press the ignition light, yeah? Have you, have you ever, you probably have modern cookers now. But basically, I have to, you've got all your knobs, which is on, on there, right? I push it in, I turn it to gas mark six, and then I have to press the button, I go, and then you go, yeah? Hopefully not that much of, yeah? But if I let, so even, but it's, it's lit, but if I let go almost straight away, the part light goes back out again. Yeah? So I have to stand there. Oh, come on, come on, come on, 
come on, come on, come on, come on. Ah, darn it. And then again, and then again. And then I stay here now. Love, I'll see you in five minutes. Just give me a minute. And then we get, and then eventually we let go. Yes, we're in. Shut the door and we're all right. Leave it 15 minutes. I can start putting my pie in then. Yeah? And we can, we're, we're cooking then. <laughs> right? But tongues, we can allow tongues to become just like that. Where we go, and we start all like this, all, all thing, and we turn it on, and we're, this is where we're going. We're going gas mark six in the spirit this morning. This is what we're doing. And then what we do is we stop and just go, oh, and then Lord, and it's gone. And before we know it, it's, it's had no effect. And we're no better for using it than we were if we didn't use it. Because the part light's still not lit. If it's not lit, it's not lit. And we're not going to, and my pie's going to stay cold. It's not a good thing. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even have that many pies, but you know, you get the point. So, we must learn to discover the sound of our own voice in tongues. We must learn to make it becomes our, it's, it's a language given to us, but because it's given to us, we have that language in us and we need to use that language in order to ignite that which God wants to, to reveal to us or to, and to praise Him. I use tongues in worship all the time. Now, if I stand up here, and I just start speaking in tongues, and there's no music, and I'm just doing it, the Bible says that's stupid. Because unless there is an interpretation to say what that meant, I am just talking, I might as well talk Mandarin to you. doesn't matter, does it? You're not going to understand the word I've said. But in the context of edifying the atmosphere, cleansing the atmosphere, bringing my thoughts and the Father's thoughts into alignment, my spirit and his spirit into alignment, tongues is probably the most powerful weapon we have. It's the most powerful tool we have because it's about connectivity. To engage into an atmosphere, to engage into a relationship, to engage into intimacy. But if we don't believe and understand the power of that, then it will always end up being something that is either mechanical or just drip and drab and we will never see that which God is saying within the things that we're hearing at the moment. So let's look at the, at the voice. I love the scripture because it just, just breathes power. It says in Psalm 29, 3 to 11, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf. Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood and the Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So let's break some of that down. The voice of the Lord within me is over the waters. That means the voice of the Lord within you when we start using our heavenly language is far reaching. It's not, it's not contained to just this building or just to your bedroom. It's far reaching. That's when, when you can use tongues in prophecy. You can use tongues to ignite a, a declaration that you're doing. And go, why? Because it goes beyond just where you are. It's far reaching. Why? Because the voice of the Lord covers the whole water. 
The voice of the Lord is far-reaching, and therefore, His voice in us, as we declare His language, then we, our language then rises up to the same place that His does. Does that make sense? Not that we are the same as God, but that it's His voice in us. Brings us beyond where our, our simple English can take us. Amen? All right. Number two, the voice of the Lord within me is powerful. That alone. If we truly understand what it is to speak in tongues, and it brings a power. It brings a power. It's not, it brings a power. It goes beyond, again, it goes beyond what my mere English can do. Why? Because I know it's a God-given language. And simply by speaking it, I'm already engaging at the spirit level of his level, not mine. Because it says, you see, my voice, my voice, I don't feel alone, is very powerful. My voice, I get a sore throat trying to make my voice powerful with a, with a, with a microphone. Because I'm trying to shout to be heard almost sometimes. And that's not... So, I, so do I feel when I pray sometimes that my voice is powerful? No. But his voice in me is powerful. If you do not have his voice in you, then your prayers will only ever bring you to a certain point. They will have a limit. And you will feel that limit and your faith will dwindle and you will not be able to capture and be captivated by the revelations that God wants to bring. Ladies, you from Daughters of Destiny, we're not captured, we are captivated. If you're not captivated, then you don't believe it. If you don't believe it, you can't walk with it. If we cannot believe that the revelations that God wants to bring about us in our lives and what we can do, if we do not believe that, then we will never enter into it. So we have to use the gift that God gives us to say it's not my voice now, but it's his voice in me. That brings a power that I, could possibly, I couldn't possibly do. So the third one, the voice of the Lord within me is capable of breaking the cedars. We don't heal people in our power. We heal people in the name of Jesus. When we want to pray, I find tongues is a way of breaking Last night I was, I, was, I was praying, I just started to speak in tongues and started to go and go and go. And I could sense there was an atmosphere shift. I started speaking in one particular way and I was, I was now for me, this is, this is, and this is where I believe God wants to, I'm maybe skipping ahead here, but no, never mind. When your spirit and God's spirit becomes online, the Bible talks about our mind must be fruitful as well as our spirit. Okay, so if, if we just speak in tongues and all we're doing is going, we're doing all that, then eventually nothing, we get bored almost. We don't, we don't understand what's being said, so we don't know whether it's doing any good or it's not. And so, event, so what does your mind do? I know what my mind does. My mind starts wandering. Yeah? My mind immediately starts wandering. But here's something that, I've, I've, that God has, has given me the ability to, to, to hear as I've continued to pursue it, is as I speak in tongues, I start to hear the English. So I then, I'm using the tongues, it's then connected me into the spirit. 
And as I begin to speak, I begin to sense. So I was worshiping God and I was praying and praying and praying. And then all of a sudden there was a shift. Like a wind came, it just shifted. My accent changed. The accent of the tongues, I was, it changed. Uh, and I have to kind of get used to that. And what we have to, what, one of the things we have to be aware of in tongues is if it starts to change and you think, I sound a bit Spanish, don't worry about that. The sound isn't important. The sound is it's, where's it taking you? What atmosphere is God trying to produce in you in that moment? Because, because I suddenly, out of the blue, started to get spiritual thoughts and spiritual things started to come into my heart in English. And I started to declare and prophesy over, over, the, over these guys, it was. I hadn't planned on doing that. Sorry, guys. You know, I'm just, I think about it sometimes. But it's because it wasn't me leading it. Because God wanted me to break something last night. And so I started to speak it. And as I started to speak it, now, but in the whole time, I'm now hearing that which I'm speaking in English. So I'm focusing on the English, but I'm still speaking in tongues. But I'm also now ensued by the atmosphere that God has created. And as I'm doing it, I can sense the presence of God more. And so now, these thoughts can start to come into my mind, can start to come into my spirit, and I begin to then take it. So it's then a tag team. As God brings it in, I bring it out. And as I do that, it causes something else to happen. And there's a flow that happens. And in our lives, sometimes you can sit there and you can go, Lord God, I break the spirit of sickness on someone, and your words just don't feel they have any weight. But we have to understand that what tongues does, it takes our prayers and it puts the voice of the Lord in our prayers. It puts the voice of the Lord in everything that we do and we say. It brings a power in order that we can break the cedar, because we can't break the cedar, but his voice in us can. Amen? But this takes outworking. Everything I'm saying goes back to the original point. That which is measured, the measure in which you use is the measure in which it is given. If we can't use this language, it will just be something we don't understand. You know, I talk to many Christians and they don't use it because they don't understand it. It's not their fault. But if you don't use it, you don't know what you're missing. But we do. Well, hopefully you will in a minute. Number four. The voice of the Lord within me is capable of making my heart skip and dance with gladness. Truth and faith combined set the heart free. Revelation upon revelation brings truth. It brings clarity. It rate, whoever, who, know, who feels better when they've heard from God? Yeah? Is your faith inspired? Do you feel, wow, God is real. Why? Because he just spoke to me. So it's not just the pastor, it's not just everybody else, but it's me. And, he, and, yeah, and, and does it not affirm how you feel as a son or a daughter that God chose you to say that to? That God not only is the, is the God of the heavens and the earth and how great and vast he is. Whenever I look at, because Jacob loves the planets, he loves space and all that kind of stuff. And when you go and have a look at our sun, and then you start looking at the suns around and you start looking at how big it is and you physically can't see our sun compared to that and how small we are, you begin to see how great God is, how big and wide that he controls all of that. So then part of me could say, well, why would he think of you? But then I connect with his heart and he speaks to me and I am affirmed in a way that no one else could affirm me that the creator of heaven and earth just spoke to me to give truth and freedom into my life. 
We have to take hold of it. Are you, are you picking this up this morning, church? Number five, the voice of the Lord within me shakes the desert of the wilderness both within and around me. God's voice within me has the power to change circumstances and environments. And I feel, guys, that this, this morning, some of us, how do I say this? If we don't use and we don't see or look for a deeper way to, 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 to be attentive, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in this relationship, then our prayers will remain the same for years. Because the same troubles will be the same troubles. Because we haven't found a different way and a deeper way to break through. And you'll hear. I mean, I, for example, um, give you an example. I'm, um, we're buying, I and I are moving home, um, which is awesome. We'll be moving home. We've, we've, our house is being sold as we speak. It's going through. But we have to find a house to live in around here. And the things that God, that the, now you all know that when you go in an area, there's areas you like and there's areas you don't like. And that's not to say anything bad against the areas that you don't like. It's just you don't like them. So why would you live in somewhere you don't like? But also, there are those areas that most people like. And therefore, what happens to the house price? It goes up. And the reality of it is, there is only a certain amount of money that we earn. So you can only afford a certain thing. So we were in this situation, and I will, I will, I'm only giving you half the testimony in one sense because the full testimony will be when we've got the keys and I stand up here with the keys in the hand. But the reality of it is, is that everywhere we look and you go, where, Holy Spirit, if you don't rest in the house that we're looking at, I ain't going, I ain't buying this house. I ain't buying a house unless the Spirit rests on it. Because I'm not moving to Drawlsden, because, I mean, I'm going to say this quite, quite, quite honestly, I ain't moving to Drawlsden because I like Drawlsden. I'm moving to Drawlsden because God told us to move to Drawlsden. I mean, the area. That's all right. I, I, I want to move to Drawlsden because I know God wants us to move to Drawlsden. My, my desires are now his desires for me, yeah? Okay, so that bit's easy. But then you've got the reality of, I can't afford what I want. I can't. I'm, I'm being right honest with you. I can't afford what I want. But God told me to move. And, God told, and, God, and God's spirit has to rest. So I have to believe either it's impossible, so I'll take my house off the market and I'll stay where I am until someone offers me a job earning twice the money I am. Or I believe that God can do the impossible. Now, how many times have we heard that if God is for us, who is against us, that God is our provider, that God is our healer, that God is all these things? But I needed a fresh revelation that God can do what I can't see he can do. Why? Because what am I doing? I'm here in estate agents going, well, how much can you really afford? Oh, okay, well, you're not going to go for that house, are you? Because you're not going to be able to afford that house. So suddenly I'm now being kept in a place that says, you can't go where you want to go. So you've either got to buy a house you don't want or you've got to not move at all. But God told me to move. So this is a quandary. So I have to make a decision now. I have to go into the, I have to go in into his presence and find a fresh revelation. And if you want to know when I received that fresh revelation, I've stood it on that chair. 
shouting like an absolute loony bin about four weeks ago. Because it hit my spirit. If it doesn't hit my spirit, it won't affect how I live and I won't ever see a fruit. There'll be no crop. Because the word will, will come into me and will immediately fall out of me. The fresh revelation is always in the house. The fresh revelation is only one connection away from, our, from the Father. But are we, do we have his voice within us that says, I can believe for this. My faith can believe this. My faith believes that God can change every situation, every circumstance, and every environment. Because not only is it gonna, is, has it going to affect my environment, but then I've got to then take that into wherever I go and affect the environment out of where I am. We are not being built up as people so we can all sit here and all talk together about how good God is. We are here to, t- to, to tell everyone who doesn't know how good God is, how good God is. But I believe God is being, is being patient with us, but God is also being saying, I need to give you some revelation this year, church, that is going to forever change your life. But if we do not, we are not willing to dig and to use the tools that we, that we see in tongues. Tongues is simply a tool. It's a tool that connects us to the spirit dynamics. And once we are able to, to, to hit the dynamics of the spirit, we're able to see, believe, and speak things we, could ever, we couldn't do before. And I feel this morning, I just feel that this is what God... I know you might think well, we're going quite basic here, Paul, because we all know how to speak in tongues. But do you use it as God is asking us to use it? Do you use it how God has intended us to use it? Are we using it to in an unstoppable way? Are we using it to change and to declare truths and to set our hearts free? Or are we still allowing ourselves to be contained by the things that the enemy wants us to be contained by? How are we going to see sickness break out of here if none of us actually believe that we can be, we can, we can be free of it? How are we going to see it? I really feel this morning that, that the Lord wants to bring Is it? Hang on. The the voice of the Lord within me is capable of making my heart skip and dance. That morning I stood up on that chair and I said, God, there is nothing in this building barring there is nothing now above me between there's nothing between me and heaven. I remember there was a, a, a chap, there was a scripture in Genesis where they said the water was so high that there was the boat and then there was heaven. There was nothing in between heaven and earth because the water level had risen to that high. And I believe what Phil said is true is that the water level has risen. The boats have risen. The boats have risen. But now the water is all there, but we have to now, we just have to draw from the water. We have to believe that now we don't have to stop looking around the things that keep us contained anymore, but we need to take hold of the the tools and the gifts that God has given us, apply them every day in our walk. Every day in our walk. So when we come into this place, the moment the word speaks, you're already there. We're already there. There's no waiting. There's no... 10 minutes to get us going, but the moment we say, come on, let's, let's ignite our spirits, there is a pilot light that is a light in you. But listen, if our pilot light is switched off until we come to an authentic sonship or until we come to a church, you'll, you'll try and click it on. But there'll be a lot of Sundays where you'll keep trying to click it on, but it won't stay on. I have to, I have to, I have to push my cooker sometimes to keep it on. And I believe that God is saying, church, 
The scripture is, consider carefully what you hear. Would you stand with me for a minute, if you would? I really believe that for some people in this room, the revelation that you need has already been spoken this year, but your heart wasn't ready to receive it. Your heart couldn't receive it because you've allowed the things of the world, you've allowed the things of in, in, in day-to-day life to take hold and rob you of the seed that God has put in you, that God is trying to put in you. But there's a revelation that God wants to bring afresh to each one of us to take us to a place we haven't been before, to take us deeper, but it comes from the place of intimacy. Our worship is going towards the place of intimacy. But if Monday to Saturday you don't know what the place of intimacy feels like, then you won't be able to go. It'll be difficult for you to go and you'll struggle to keep up pace. And God doesn't want to leave any one of us behind. Our father came this morning in the worship and I saw it clear as day. He came and the clouds opened so that we could see the glory of God. Because he wants us to know, look, I'm here. My doors are open. My arms are open. The gates of heaven are open for you. We are, we are under an open heaven in this house. Do you believe that this morning, church? There is an open heaven over this house. That the voice of the Lord wants to break the cedars of your life. It wants to break the deserts that you currently find yourself in. But there's a revelation that needs to come. The revelation has been spoken. But have you got the heart to hear it? Have you got the ear this morning to, to carefully consider that which you're hearing? And with the measure and will do we use the measure that which we've been given? So come on, look, right now, why don't we just posture ourselves before him? You know what I want to do this morning? Is if any of you don't speak in tongues, I want to give you the opportunity to come, to come forward. And the elders are going to pray over you. And we're going, to, we're going to ask for a release of the Holy Spirit on your life. Because I believe tongues, listen, tongues is just one, one element of the spiritual gifts. It's just one thing. It's only one part of it. So if you don't speak in tongues, and you don't feel you have that ability to speak in tongues, I wanna, I wanna, I want, I'd like to invite you to come forward because we want every one of you to receive this gift. In order that when you're in your prayer life, when, you, when we're working, when you're worshipping, that we're, you're able to tap into a brand new dimension the Spirit. That the life of the Spirit can begin to take hold of, the, of every single person in this building. That when we come in, the pilot light is always ignited. Because you know what happens? Whenever I'm around people whose pilot light ignites, it ignites my flame more. And when we come into this house as a corporate body, the idea is that we ignite each other. That we, we cause something supernatural to break out. Because there's a there's hundred pilot lights here all burning for his glory. All burning for his heart. All, all seeking a new place of intimacy. This is what the Lord wants. But if we only ever do it on a Sunday... We're always going to be fighting with each other. We're always going to be struggling. But the one who loses is you and I. If we cannot take that which God is saying, then even what we do have will be taken from us. But right now I believe God is not saying I want to take anything, but I want to give you more. So right now, why don't we just say, if you want, if you want to come forward, if you, don't, if you don't speak in tongues, come forward. If you speak in tongues, we're going to pray something different.